This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening welcome to another edition of the Millwall calling i think that's what we're going to call it now Stephen. um it's the only podcast offering you a truly interactive show regularly every sunday night across twitter space or youtube or however we decide to do it but it will be fully interactive uh, i am joined by my normal co-host the one and only Stephen. adam how you doing i'm all right mate i'm all right i'm all right it's uh it always feels better when um, vermin lose and we win, absolutely. Although uh, the rate it's going, um, we could be uh, switching with them. That would you never be know. an absolute killer, wouldn't it? Do you, could you imagine that if um, if we got there uh, and we got to the promised land and they got down to the championship, it'd just be our luck, wouldn't it? Um, but then again, hopefully we'll be playing for the um, for the league. Cup and the FA Cup to um, try and get them that way. Uh, that would be a, an absolute result, to be fair. But let's uh, welcome about. Um, what's the Millwall calling? You say yeah, those of you maybe not listening before. It's really simple. We talk everything Millwall, um, and it's also a show where you get to change the agenda, add the agenda, get involved, let people hear your opinion, and pretty much goes like that um if you want to talk or you want to get involved there is one rule and one rule only the rule is you can't slander anyone other than that it's a big man it's a big boy show you can swear you can even say the the, uh the famous south london word which is cunt if you really want to uh nothing gets edited this goes out as a live show we just cut the beginning um silence or where the music is but other than that this is a live recorded podcast of with myself and Stephen. And if you do want to get involved, it's really easy. You just press the bottom left-hand corner of your phone. You need to be on a phone or a laptop. Um, and there's a microphone there that says request to speak. You press that. And literally, we will bring you straight in. If we are in the middle of a conversation, when you press that request, you get authorized. Just wait. And obviously, the only other bit, out of kindness, really, out of common decency, it's just don't talk over people. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's any rules, is there, Stephen? No, 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 no. Absolutely, everything goes, and uh, hopefully we have a good show. 
Let's see. Let's see. Um, so then, if there, if there is anyone who wants to come in, press your button and we'll get you in. Um, I'll see you there, Chewy. Um, hopefully you don't wait till 50 minutes to come in and hopefully we get more people involved this week. Um, <clears throat> we can see you, Joe, if you want to come on, fella. That's another American. Um listened to him the other week on Nick's show. Um, so if you want to cross paths and come on ours as well, you're more than welcome to. Stephen, three points against a top two team. That was um, that was definitely good what we wanted. And, and we said before we played these two games coming up that we needed probably four points out of these two games would be fantastic. We've already got three of them. Yeah, and I, I obviously I did the show with Omar on Thursday, kind of the obviously um, talking about Coventry, looking forward to Sheffield United, and we kind of said that whilst they're tough games, I think the Sheffield United game was always the one. I think, and I think the players in Rowett did it; they targeted them. That was the one to go and win. Burnley will come on to um, that one; might be a, a bit more tricky, but I, I don't think we could ask for much more from from the players from from Rowett as well um, on the front foot played really really well in the first half should have been more than one goal ahead obviously and I'm sure we'll come on to their first goal and, and you know whether Long was at fault or not but absolutely excellent from pretty much everyone in the team and nobody wants to come to the den Nobody wants to come and play there at the moment. I don't know if you saw it, but Oliver Norwood made a comment in his um, in his uh, interview before the game, and was asked about the atmosphere, and he went, "Nah, it's not intimidating. I've played here before." Yeah. And Steve Morrison was in the studio and turned around and went, "Yeah, well, he's lying." He basically said he was lying because it is intimidating, and when players, when when the fans are on our side, and we, I thought we were on on on, we I thought we were quite good. Um, yeah. on Saturday yesterday and um, everything just come together to, to bring home three points to be fair it was a great game for a neutral as well it was a great game for the championship as an advert for the championship because it was you know a non-stop game there was you know hustle bustle there was you know um, bits off the ball on the ball there was some good goals um, hats off to Bradshaw um and uh, yeah, well done for you, mate. Your second hat trick. Um, I think basically what we should all do is bring TV cameras to the stand every week we come, and just let him think it's being fucking televised, and then hopefully he'll score another hat trick. That's his second Sky hat trick this season, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's funny really because I I think it's it's weird how those kind of things work, but I feel like on on Tuesday the Coventry game we just didn't play to his strengths at all, and on Saturday we. We did everything that he would want off the ball and on the ball to give him the, the service that he probably desperately craves. And he started, he scored three goals. It, it, it's frustrating that we don't do it more often because I think if you if you play like that and you get the ball to feet, uh, Fleming, Burke, um, even, you know, um, Saville, Mitch, or, sorry, Saville, Shackleton, they were trying to get the ball into feet and that's what Bradshaw wants. We can do that a little bit more often. We probably probably will get the best out of him, but but yeah, if everyone can just bring some cameras and and uh, and, and just tell him he's on Sky, and I'm sure I'm sure he'll, he'll be banging in goals for fun. No, that's it. I mean, it was good as well. I mean, unfortunate for Joe, um, he's not listening. She didn't get away with it, but he'll probably listen back to it tomorrow's podcast. But um, Bob Slammer, 
done all right too. Two assists. Not bad going for him, was it? No, and I'll tell you what as well, what was interesting. I, I had a bright moan on the show with Omar about the delivery um, against Coventry. And I thought his delivery specifically, it was better overall, but his delivery was very, very good. Good couple of um, corners, free kicks, obviously got the two assists. And and sometimes, um, you know, you, you don't, you might not have seen the, the out of him, but you know he's got that quality now to be able to pick out the crosses and pick out the passes from out wide. So, yeah, I mean, look, Voggy is, I don't think you can say, you know, it was one game and he's probably going to have to do it over a couple to really, you know, for people to to, for, to kind of um, get back on his side. But it was an excellent start to, to kind of prove him why Rauer brought him in. Yeah, and it's definitely, you know, you know, it's, um, it was interesting um, to see these players, well, Rauer has brought in, because um, I believe it, the, these players what come in were um, ones what Rowett wanted. I think Rowett put all the legwork in from as well, allegedly. So, you know, it's good to see. Um, but even Fleming, Fleming was okay. I mean, uh, Big Shaq was good, as he seems to be called now. Um, he played well. Honeyman was, again, good. Yes, Long, but you know what? Long is still, when it, when it matters... Um, He's good. I mean, the double save from the corner um, and a few other, you know, really good saves fucking saved us. Um, so, yeah, the debate goes on. It seems to be going on on Twitter at the moment um, about is it long or is it Bart? Um, we've got our first request. Um, and wow, nine minutes in. Yeah, looking at it, it's possibly not necessarily a Millwall fan. So let's... let's um, let him in and see where we go. Hello, Ken. Um, unmute yourself, fella, and you're welcome to the Millwall Corner. What do you want to say? Unmute yourself, Ken. Press the microphone again. Maybe not. Sorry. Can out. Sorry. Oh, there you go. Hello, mate. You're all right. No, yeah. no worries. Go on. Uh, uh, would you want... I'm just a real Sunderland fan just listening. I hope you don't mind. No, no, not at all, mate, not at all. Everyone's welcome, mate. Everyone's welcome. As long as, as, long as they're half sensible and don't want to phone up and abuse me, anyone is welcome. Oh, no, no. I'll get enough of that. You don't, you don't abuse Millwall fans. I've learned that by now. <laughs> <laughs> what what'd you want to say? No, that's it. I was just uh, thanking you for letting us in. Oh, no worries, no worries. You, uh, I mean, you, you listen anyway, but you've requested to speak. I just thought you might want to uh, uh, say something or anything, but no, that's all. Well, I mean, I'll give me opinion. Um, obviously, we had a hard game down Millwall the other week, and if we play each other in the finals, in the semi-finals of the playoffs, we could go either way, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Uh, uh, I think um, it'll be interesting to see, but I think you boys are doing... You boys are doing all right. I don't know... I don't know who would be the playoff. I still... And as much as my co-hosts of the regular podcast think I'm crazy, but I'm, I've still got this thing that Burnley and Sheffield might not be in those two places come the end of the season. I know people are saying, well, Burnley's definitely there, but I definitely don't think Sheffield could be. And for some reason, I've got a feeling that we could get Sheffield, Sheffield and us potentially in the um, 
in the final, but yeah. anyhow, we'll we'll wait and see. I was going to say Middlesbrough could get the second point, but it's just Sunderland. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't swear with you. No, that's fine. Middlesbrough aren't really our rivals. It's it's like seeing Brentford or yours. You know what I mean? It's it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a journey to you, eight. It is. It is, mate. It is. Yeah, a bit like us on West Ham. So yeah, well, thanks for coming on. I've got another one coming in now. Just stay, no stay on and listen, mate. No problem. Ollie, go on, fella. Ollie, go on. Hello, you're right. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. What do you want? Uh, to I just thought Bradshaw was brilliant yesterday. Um, you know, good finishes from him. I think I think everyone kind of got a bit annoyed at him. Um, you know, uh, there uh, in the first couple of minutes because he missed the center. Um, and then Burke missed the similar situation after we we went one up as well. Um, so yeah, if any 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 other um, points from yesterday? Uh, I mean, any other players you you rated just? I mean, Shackleton said Fleming. Or I think Fox. I think Shackleton did very well considering um, replacing Billy Mitchell because um, of the injury, obviously. Um, yeah, I believe he was like, he was like uh, the most fouled player on the pitch um, in being four times being fouled, um, just because of his like quick counter attacks, um, quick balls like that. Um, you know, I thought I thought George Savile played well, cutting out their 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 like counter attacks as well. Um, I think I think Long did did well. I think he got a bit unlucky with the with their free kick. Um, got a touch to it, but. You know things things trickle in sometimes like that. Um, but I think in the second half he was he was fantastic, and he would. I mean, I think Bart's 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 age has caught up to him. Um, I think he's not got it in the tank, should we say? Interesting, interest. Thanks, Ollie. Um, right, Stephen, we're um, he's coming thirty minutes in. We've got Cherry on. Here we go. Ready to be enlightened. Off you go, fella. Go on, Chewy. Go on, Pat. I've got loads of energy. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. Oh, mate. Uh... Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Welcome to the show. <laughs> what a great weekend that was. Yep, absolutely, mate. West Ham lose. Uh, Mill will win, and also against uh, uh, one of the top two in the uh, in the league. So, to be fair, mate, it was a it was a must win game or a must draw game at least. But um, we looked hungry. We looked as if there was something in them, and this is the first season where potentially the players and managers are looking above, rather than always we get that same old story of going. Oh, you know, we just need fifty points to be safe. We need this. We need that. This could be the first season where I think players and manager are actually looking and thinking, "What if?" But yeah, I've got to be honest, man. I totally agree with it, and I don't, I don't remember us having so much strength off the bench, even with our injury crisis. Now, I mean, we've got injuries and they're fine at the moment. But when you've got Billy Mitchell going off and you bring on Shaq and he's done the job, mate. Chriswell coming plus, he's doing a job. Well, there is, they are fighting for each other. I just don't understand sometimes, though, how we can go from cover way to that. Why do we pay teams so much respect, but with the top teams, we go for it? I, I, sometimes I don't get it. 
it's, uh, you see, the one thing, I mean, Steve will back us up on this probably because we've said it plenty of times, but it seems to be that teams who we don't expect to beat, we beat, and teams we expect to possibly get a hard game or, you know, we're, we're potentially going to beat them, they're the ones we really struggle with. I think as well, just on that, that Paul, the, the point you made, and I know we've got the, the, Ken, the Sunderland fan listening, uh, it really bothers me that we give teams respect that we should be going all out to, to finish off. We give Coventry a lot of uh, too much respect, and Guy Carez, he's a good player, but we give him too much respect. Sunderland at home, I thought, I, I, th- I personally thought we give them too much respect. Uh, Diallo, again, a very good player, but you've got to do what you've got to do. If if the opposition have got star players, they've got star players. But I, I just feel like we don't, we we don't, teams don't come and show us respect. Nobody comes to us and shows us respect, really. But we do it far too often and it's very, very frustrating. We're absolutely right there, mate, because uh, if you look at a Coventry game, Coventry was exactly the same as the Middlesbrough, right? We went away and for some reason we sit back Sideways backwards, sideways backwards, and then what we do is we wait until we get. We can all see it coming. A Coventry, you could see it coming from the forty-fifth minute. You knew it was going. We knew it was going behind before we made a sub. And Middlesbrough is the same. And then you go and smash Watford. And then you go and smash uh, Sheffield United. If they started on the front foot like they do against teams at home, being Watford away, we've done it. If they started on the front and QPR, if we start like that all the time, mate, we've been a much different position now, but I don't understand what he's in the mindset when he sends him out sometimes. Unless it's, unless it's a player thing, I don't know. But I'll tell you something, what a result. What a result. I was slagging off, not slagging off, I was slagging off a long half-time saying, mate, he lost that. But, you know, he redeemed himself so much in that second half. What a performance by the boys. I think the other thing that helped us yesterday, uh, and it, it, this, it might sound a bit, sort of a bit weird to say it but the fact that we conceded a goal just before half time in those circumstances it kind of forced Rowett's hand a little bit because usually if we'd if we'd have gone in at half time 1-0 up we wouldn't have come out and attacked in the second half we'd have sat back because that's what he does go 1-0 up and and, and try and hold on but the fact that we equalised it meant that we had to keep up the intensity and to be fair, to be fair to him, I think at two one when when we obviously got ahead again, we did carry on. He didn't he didn't sit us back. He didn't the tactics didn't change too much. But had we have gone in at one 0 at half time, I think we'd have seen a different type of performance. But I agree, other games away from home, you even sometimes at home, I get you can't play like that every single game because if we did, we'd be right, we'd be up with Burnley, and you know teams wouldn't be able to handle us. But we seem to save it for certain games rather than try and do it in all games. Yeah, I mean, the first half, our attacking intent was unbelievable. It was just, it was just pressure, pressure, pressure. My God, we just battered them really. The second half, you know, it's really good about the second half. Even though we were one all, one all, they could have come out with their heads down. But they, and, and Chef did come at us majorly in that second half. But the defence and the resolute, but the, the actions of the players in that second half to keep that at one one was unbelievable, mate. Because we could have been battered there. 
Absolutely, and I think I think as you say, long there was this. Everyone talks about the save. I think when Jebison went through on goal and and early on in the second half, but the better save was the deflected effort from Berg. It flicked off of it flicked off of Cooper, and he just sort of had to stick out a hand out and and got there. So, um, you're right. We 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 had to sort of dig deep, and there were spells where they had a lot of the ball. But but we we I I know you can't always say this, and and it's Bill. You know you get nervous, but when teams are putting balls into the box, I back Cresswell and Cooper to get their head on it. And they they will put their bodies on the line. Sometimes that's not quite good enough, but yesterday, thankfully and deservedly, it was. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, the start of... oh, sorry, mate. Go on. no, no, go on, Paul. Go on, Paul. Oh, so I was going to say, at the start of the season, uh, you know, when the Hutch came out and Creswell come in, it was Creswell and Cooper at the back. It just didn't. It looked so shaky. Like the uh, like Cooper couldn't cope without Hutch beside him as a captain. But since Chris, uh, Hutch's gone in, Chris has come back since the uh, well, like, uh, end of January, mate, Cooper's stepped up, mate, and Creswell has stepped up. They're, they're formidable at the back, mate. They are so good. But I tell you, so I was, I'm in block 19, and that save by long, the deflected save for Cooper on my life, that was absolutely different level. He's, he's a good keeper. You, you can't win... You know, all these people that seem to go, oh, well, you're long, no, no, no. he's a good keeper. Um, he's always been a good keeper. He's just got mistakes in him. But then again, so is everyone. But do you know what? When a ball comes back in a box and one of the opposition players running aim, I'm not nervous when um, when Long goes to kick it out like I am when Bart's there. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and Long's trouble is he's not necessarily a shot stopper from distance, but if he's up close, he can he can reach out because he's he's massive as such. But you know, from the shot stopping, he's not necessarily that great from you know twenty five yards out where Bar is. But you know, between them, probably what one's good at the other one ain't, and what the other one ain't is you know, it is what it is. You find the two. You better better yeah, yeah, no, that's it, absolutely. Listen, those of you, there seems to be loads of you listening in now, um, those of you listening, if you do want to get involved, it is really easy. Um, bottom left-hand corner, if you listen to it on a mobile phone, press um, where your microphone is, it says request to speak. Press that, you come through to us, and we will get you straight on air, and uh, and you'll be able to um, interact and, and get involved. Um, I think I upset the Sunderland fan. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, no, he's still there. I think. No, he's gone. He's gone. Um, Paul, I mean, were you surprised? I mean, I think most of us were, to be fair, if we're honest. That when we we sort of known, we knew probably for the last Friday evening. Friday evening time was when the rumor. Friday afternoon was when the rumor was coming round, and that's off to everyone that no one put it on social media uh, until Saturday um, was the first I saw someone put it on before the team announcement. But I was nervous as hell that Billy weren't going to be in the team. And I was questioning whether or not, you know, Shackleton could could potentially fill that role. But do you know what? He come in and it was as if he come in and went, you know what? You're fucking not here. I'm going to have your shirt, mate. And if you want it back, you're going to have to fight me for it. Um, he was good. Oh, mate, I'll tell you something. When I looked at the lineup, 
I'll see what more drop with Zoggy, and then Shaq's coming in for Billy. I didn't know about the injury until then. But my my life, mate, Zoggy had the game of his life. Uh, Shaq's, mate, was unbelievable. Uh, 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 that's what I was saying. It, it, we're having injuries now, whereas before, when we had injuries, we had to patch it up. We had to put major players in. We've got players that come in, come in and make a difference, can, can do exactly the same job now. You look at, you've got Griswold, mate. He loves his club, mate. If, and he was still going to say, only just. Mate, he I'll tell him, mate. You see Shaq's after in the interview. He's buzzing, mate. He's buzzing. Yeah. If we, if they don't go up or down to the balance, this team, keep it together, mate. You've got to we're better it. No, I agree. I think, um, I think if we can get an opportunity, depending where we are, to sign um, Shaq's and... And uh, Cresswell, I think that's definitely something we need to look at. Bear with us one sec, Paul. Uh, we've got Luke. Luke wants to come in. Hello, fella. You will come in a minute. There you go. Go on in, fella. Off you go. Luke, come meet yourself, fella, and you can come in. How you doing, mate? You all right? All good, all good. What do you want to say? All good. Oh, just talking about the uh, the Billy Mitchell injury and how um, I saw the line-up uh Yesterday, and I thought, fuck, I'm on even watch this. This is going to be embarrassing. But Shackleton, my word, he's come in. It proves that he's a Premier League player, that he's from a Premier League club. I, I don't know whether we've got a loan to buy on him or whatever, but, you know, as a good squad enough, I think he could do a job for us. I think we do have a... I think there is an option in the agreement to sign him at the end of the season because he's... I think he's out of contract at Leeds at the end of this year. And I think that's why when it was announced that we were in for him, it took ages for him to be um, for it, for the deal to be announced. And I think Millwall were trying to iron out a few um, details of being able to sign him come the end of this season. So I, I think I, and and based on you can't really base it on one game, but I think I think he's someone that's quite liked mm. and popular. So I, I would imagine that um, Rowett's probably ironed that up to to make sure that we do get him. I think it's quite funny that people on Twitter were saying that. Cresswell's got the Millwall bug now, but Shackleton's the one that we've got a loan to buy on. I think I think that's because Leeds Leeds um have a lot of high hopes on Cresswell. Obviously he come to us as an England under twenty one mm. international that he's highly thought of at Leeds and, and a lot of their fans was have been saying throughout the year that they would like him back. Obviously we all know they're struggling in, in the Premier League, so um, you know, that's probably why they're looking at that. But I think Shackleton was one of those where he probably was a bit of a squad player for Leeds in the championship and probably coming in stages. And and again, he's probably not going to make it as a regular Premier League player for them or for anybody. And probably the championship is where he probably can shine. And I think if we go, if we do make the playoffs and go up, it might be a different story, but I I would, I would bank on him being a middle player, Shackleton um, next year. And if, I would love us to sign Cresswell. I really would love us to try and sign Cresswell. Leeds won't want to let him go. However, again, if they go down and we go up, um, I certainly would be putting in a bid for him. It'd be worth it'd be worth a few million though, wouldn't he? I can't imagine affording him to be fair. He yeah, but if you go up to the Premier League and you get the riches of the of the Premier League, you would you possibly would be able to buy him and it, and and again, he's one that if you buy younger players 
again for the future if you know let's be honest if we got promoted we probably would only last one season you might get a second season but the, the realistically we're probably only going to have one season of it and if you do go back down you've either got a really high valuable asset who you could sell for big money or he's going to come back down to the championship and absolutely boss it so um, again I think Leeds if if they go down and they don't want to sell him they're going to have a ready-made centre-back for the championship for next season because if if they do manage to keep hold of him he'll be he'll be one of the star players next year wherever he's at we've seen it with Dan Ballard at Sunderland same thing more or less yeah I think Ballard Ballard was an interesting one because we obviously picked up our scouts obviously they did it with with Nisbet as well they picked up that, that there may have been a problem and I think that's why we decided to, to move elsewhere he, he, failed, he failed a medical time yeah. Didn't he, yeah and he's playing very well Ballard and I've got no I've got no nothing against him good luck to him he, he got his move to Sunderland he's playing very well in the championship and and, and that's that's kind of some, some way that it goes but I think I wouldn't compare the two because I think they're both young and both can get can get better. But I I feel with Leeds in the position that they are, I feel we could we do have a little bit more of an opportunity to maybe try and bring him in. But it will be tough and it will be expensive. I think I think the problem is with um, bear with me, Stephen. I'll get you straight on in a sec, mate. Um, not you, Stephen. The other Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the problem is like with with Ballard is that and with Nesbitt is we found an issue. We found an issue with Bart. But then we went back and renegotiated, and I think Bart originally was on a paper, paper pay game, you know, paper yeah, he was. game, yeah. And then that makes sense. But when you're talking players like Ballard and like Nesbitt, I can't really see them wanting, especially Nesbitt. I mean, you know, if his knee is questionable for the medical team to pick it up and go, oh, I don't know about this, then you know he's better off staying where he was for the next eighteen months. At least he's getting a, a payment. Um, and possibly getting an extended contract there maybe, rather than risking the championship compared to where he's playing, where it's a lot harder game. Um, and also, they're being, you know, Rowett's training them up because we're getting players injured in training. So maybe you don't want to come in with a, a past injury. One more obviously excluded. I mean, he done both his knees, but that was a while ago. So, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Let's bring Stephen in and see what Stephen's got to add to the conversation. Stephen, unmute yourself, mate. You're into the Millwall calling. What do you want to say, fella? Yeah, hi. You all right? Hello, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Look, come in with a couple of things. Um, the first thing is, everyone's been saying about. I agree with whoever said before. Um, I agree with fifty percent of it when they said Burnley and Sheffield United might blow up. I truly believe that Sheffield United will, um, because I'm yeah, a, a, an anal nutcase studying the pictures everyone's got and trying to work it out, which never works. Um, Sheffield United have, have had, are in the middle of a horrendous run of difficult yeah. games. And everyone's saying about, oh, they've left the door open for Middlesbrough. <laughs> and maybe it's me being a, being a bit optimistic. They've left the door open for maybe Millwall as well. So I don't think if we're going to go on a run, and um, I know we'll want them to, and yes, we'll all accept the top six, there's a load of twists and turns. I don't think the second place, um, the runner-up spot, is completely out of it. Um, I think. If, Nor do I. It's going to need a lot of luck. I mean, uh, sorry, yeah. Oh no, I agree with you completely. I, I, I had a mad 
mad dream beginning of the season. Weird, like we, you know, that we got second place before really even kicked off. And I just thought, oh, you know, it's one of those Millwall fans just being, you know, just having um, one of those mad dreams who would never ever come to it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, hang on, Burnley and Sheffield United were in the top two at the time, and and we nicky towards the last bit of the run. And I'm thinking, I mean, could this happen? So I don't know, but I'm definitely questioning, um, like you, Sheffield United. I think Sheffield United are potentially don't have the strength to carry on all the way through. And you know what? I I honestly believe a fate could be written. It could be our it could be our year. Well, I could be completely wrong. I normally am, yeah. but you know, <laughs> I'm like you. Yeah, I, I I think it could be possible. I've got something else I'd like to add as well, um, if I if I could. Yeah, you can't do not upset anyone. I know I know Daniel Ballard's agent very well, and um, Daniel Ballard did did like Millwall, and it wasn't an injury thing. Firstly, he was going to sign for Burnley, and they had a bit of um, an issue with him. But unfortunately, from what I've been told, and this is pretty first. This is not like second or third hand rumours. This is exclusive and completely outbid. They completely outbid us. They knocked right. us into the corner, and we, and we couldn't compete with that. I think was it is it Alex Aldridge? Alex Aldridge, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. he was up in um, Sunderland with my friend who happens to be his agent. But I, he said uh, Millwall were never in it once he went to Sunderland. And um, there's always a danger of that happening. I mean, let's be honest. We, we all have Millwall on here. Sunderland were a massive club. And for them to pay an extra few grand a, a, a week, and yeah. at the end of the day, no one should be carried away. These are the kids, and it's all about them earning money as well. Well, that was just about that we love Millwall as, yeah. as supporters. It's their livelihood, and if someone's going to come to give another five or ten grand a week, I'm sorry, no matter how much they love Millwall, they're gone. No, that's it. I mean, that's also. I mean, there was a there was a rumor as well when um, when Savile went. Um, what, a while back when he went to when did he go to Middlesbrough was it yeah it was Middlesbrough wasn't it he went to Middlesbrough yeah Middlesbrough and, it, yeah. and there was rumour that he'd been offered 25 grand a week and I think he was on probably yeah. 8 or 9 with us and uh, he didn't go I don't right. think he got necessarily the 25 grand a week but he got you know very close to it and I mean let's be honest yes if someone come to you and said listen you're at Millwall now on 9 grand a week come to us I'll give you 25 grand a week all of a sudden mate that's a you know, you're only in football for so long. That's even if you put the difference that's right. pension fund. You know, that yeah. pension fund when you suddenly yeah. get injured or you turn you know, you suddenly stop playing, that's what's gonna be the difference between, yeah. you know, long term and, and, and not. So I don't hold it against them. I just think unfortunately No, they, they we can't, we can't I'm in that level. No, we can't. Uh, just to to finish, I actually I've got a feeling we might make it this year very optimistically. We might even get second place. There's not probably one of the 11 that's going to really be able to play in the Premier League. So, um, oh, there might be one, there might be two. But this would be like, I have to be a, to stay up would be like a Nottingham Forest reshape. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm just going to come in there. I'll be honest with you. I, I can't see the Millwall board going out and buying 22, 23, 24 players and doing what Nottingham Forest did. No, I, I, I agree with you. I agree that the squad, obviously, isn't good enough f- 
for the Premier League. You know, I think I think maybe that. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There's probably two or three players in there that, that will will be Maybe. very good in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I would be of the opinion, and, and you know I think there's other supporters that would agree, other supporters that wouldn't. I wouldn't mind us maybe bringing in maybe five or six, seven players, obviously to try and bolster up the squad, you know, get us a little bit more quality. But give these players and give the manager and the backroom staff, give them the opportunity of going going at the Premier League. I agree. You've got nothing to lose. We, we would have nothing to lose as a football club because if we was to make the Premier League, the club's finances are sorted for the next 20 years Yeah, I, we're run properly. I agree with that. And I, don't, and I also don't know, I don't know if anyone knows this, how much money they're going to make out of this um, regeneration, this development, now they've done this joint venture. I mean, there's loads of money in property. I know Spurs have made a fortune. Arsenal have made a fortune. I'm not sure what the um, bottom line is with Millwall, with all this redevelopment that's going to happen. That could be a massive amount of money, Millwall. I mean, Millwall's going to be able, obviously, I'm involved in the region. I I basically run the campaign um, against Lewis. Right, yeah. I can embarrass them. But they they will, as long as the lease gets agreed on a long-term lease, then Millwall will be able to redevelop the car park, the community trust and the land all the way up to the end of Bellina Road. So that will become... Not, There's a lot of land, but that will become their land to be able to develop and put flats and everything else on. So John's always said that any money made from the redevelopment will go back into Millwall to keep them self-sufficient. Really? So, okay. And I know that they were talking about yeah. putting a hotel in the car park at the front Um and then they'll right. put in like a, a sports yeah. area for, for bar for fans on match day and all that. So there'll be an income there and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, the rents and obviously or the sell of the properties and stuff like that, I don't know how many flats are going to be there. I mean, renewals just in in Harnstairs, what, a year ago and now got 3,500 properties. But let's be honest, renewal, we're never going to yeah. build there. They're just going to sell it and get a developer in to build on it. Same as all these yeah, all cool clubs do. They, 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 you know, they don't. It's yeah. cost of a fortune. I mean, don't forget. Um, it's, I think ninety four was the, with the first or two thousand and four. I think was the first meeting 
Um, so you're looking best part yeah. of 17 years, 18 years, this has been in discussions. Um, and I think David Sullivan was first buying up plots of land with Malik probably before we moved into the den. Um, so this has been ongoing for probably 35 <laughs> years. I've done a bit of property, right? And if you tell you from 20 years ago, from 20 years ago in Bermondsey, that wasn't particularly wanted. It was just maybe happening there. Yeah. It's now probably over a thousand pounds a square foot. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Massive money to be making. And also, what it did um, discreetly and all under the all under the radar, while they were buying up commercial property, what they were doing was converting where the old den was into residential planning, and then where the den wasn't, they were converting that into commercial. So, where the housing was, where the den right. used to be in Senegal Fields. They converted yeah. that into commercial, and slowly but surely they right. converted that all back. So basically, all that land around the den is now open to housing, just in the same way that they done it when where the old den was and Fairview Homes and everything else. They converted all that to be able to have housing. They've done the same there. So you know this has all been ongoing in the in in the back work um, for years and years and years. It's just. Um, you know, they tried to screw us over and it didn't work. Uh, we stood up and done it, yeah. or not. You know, whether or not nowadays we'd be able to do the same thing we did back then. But no, listen, it's. I think it's it's a lot closer than where we were. But again, it's just down to Lewisham now to agree the extended lease. So I think Millwall can get uh, something like two hundred and fifty year lease on on that land altogether, and then you know, hopefully they start building um, before renewal, and then it sort of puts a. The, the shoe on the other foot as such but yeah hey ho uh, it, it's it's interesting times but I mean the one question for you is yeah if we got into the Premier League I mean and the hundred million pound and all that lot I mean I don't think we'll probably last more than one year but again you think after those two after the first year we still get what 35 million a year for two years after that I think that would, that that would be financially that would set Millwall up for the future. Yeah, we've all been to Brentford, and we've seen Brentford over the years. And even you know, and it's great what they've done. I think oh, they're great to watch. I actually believe if Brentford can do it, we can do it. That's you know, there we go. That's, that's the yardstick. No, no, see- well, Mick, with the fact with the Premier League and the, the issue with Lewisham Council and whatnot, if you if you if if we become a Premier League club. I think it be it, it that's a real entire that would be a real enticing thing for Lewisham Council. And I think they'd Absolutely. be more inclined to to go down the route of agreeing the agreeing the deal. I, I, look, it, they may do it with, with us as a Championship club. We, we, we're only assuming, but if you do break that into the Premier League, I think them and I think other commercial opportunities like sponsors and and everything 100%. else that comes with it would would massively enhance the club. I think the, it's something what I've said on plenty of shows on the, on the normal pods before, you know, people sort of go, really? But Millwall commercially, I think, are probably 10 years behind most other championship clubs. Um, if you look at, you know, <laughs> some of the clubs, some of, some of the clubs will, you know, they'll be able to have sponsors for the hand towels and, and the fucking toilet, you know, toilet rolls and all this sort of stuff. We're, we're not there, but we are getting better at better. And, and I have to say, it's fantastic to see so many Millwall fans doing, you know, match ball sponsors and match sponsors and advertising in and around the den with, you know, Millwall fans, et cetera, et cetera. But I think if we got into the Prem, 
I think it would suddenly catapult us so far forward and catch up, not necessarily lead us in front, but I think it would catch us up with the rest of the clubs on a commercial level and make us a little bit more um, inviting for for other people. But again, you know, realistically, it's Millwall. We get in the Prem, one tiny little bit of trouble, we'll be all over the papers and that'll probably kiss our commercial. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. <laughs> Paul, you want to come in for that? Oh, be yeah, wouldn't I? Go on, mate. Is that me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, fella. Yeah, but, no, but, imagine we went up there, friend, mate. The way days. I wouldn't care if we went down the season later. The way days would be absolute carnage. Absolutely oh, agree. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Uh, well, uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine watching on Sky for a year, us in the Prem? It would change that. It would change the prim. It would just change that league. I mean, it's a, it's you mean debate. We are, we are, I like, I, you know what? I, I respect Leeds because they're, uh, they're a working class club like ourselves. The stuff like that. I respect them teams like us. The working class. Did you, I'll tell you something what made me, I'll tell you something what made me die today, which resonates with what you're saying there. There was that, fuck knows why you put it on social media, but there was a West Ham fan who come to the game on Saturday and, and he was getting some abuse, and he turned around and said, you know what? He said, it's a proper ground, mate. It's a proper team. It's a proper game of football. Proper fans where, you know, we just they just haven't been sanitised like we have. With yeah. The and it is true. You you become part of the machine, don't you, within the Prem. It, it's, you know, you can do things a certain way because it's all about money. It's all about it. Yeah. And Nick, 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 Nick. I've, got, I've got two people listening to this tonight. Right, because they were mates. One's a Tottenham fan, and one's a West Ham fan. They're listening because I'm on here, and he's a West Ham fan. I just said everything you said. Yeah. He knows, you know, he said it. They bought in to go down, you know, and he. Uh, every I live in Essex, mate, so I know loads of West Ham fans, and nobody nobody goes anymore. Not West Ham, West Ham, the dense quality. Yeah, West Ham's biggest mistake. Was they didn't speak up soon enough um, with moving out of Upton Park, you know. Regardless of what Upton Park yeah. was a, you know, was a great old school stadium, and unfortunately the directors made the money um, and they bought it for nothing, sold it for bundles, and made the money. And, and you know, yes, they're in the the taxpayer funded stadium now, but okay, it's not costing them a lot. But you know what, they've lost. They've lost a soul out of their club through playing it. I was bold, mate. That's all it is. It's, it's, it's a terrible place, mate. You know what I mean? But, but we're slow, please. And that is one thing if we do, but please, for God's sake, they don't happen to us. Oh, I've been that for no. Okay, no. Well, I think we'd be, I think four games up, right? Four games in the Prem. We get Man City away. We'll have Man City away, Newcastle away. Um, let me think who else. Arsenal and West Ham or Spurs away, I think probably half the fan base won't be able to go for the rest of the season. <laughs> all, all, all I can say is I'm glad I've got 900 lottery points. <laughs> you know, at least. I think, yeah, as long as you don't get into trouble. I mean, I mean, look, you got anything on whether or not we're, what, what we'd be like in the Prem? Oh, to be honest, mate, if we go to the Prem, they're obviously going to have to invest. They're like slightly oh, invest. Massive, yeah, it's like, but I wouldn't say massive because 
I don't say if you look over the past years, any team, any proven team that's come to the den, we've matched them. And it's yeah. it's not you look at you look at Burnley, you look at Brighton, and teams like that. You you know you look at Brentford, you know they've not massively invested when they've gone up. They've got teams where they are a togetherness, and I tell you that being a, a team that is is together in the dressing room and behind the manager means a lot more than signing this twenty million pound player, this fifty million pound. Look at fucking West Ham. You know what I mean? She's spent millions. You know what I mean? You, you can't replace, you cannot replace uh, a team that believes in each other. You can't Luke. replace it with money. Luke, go on, fella. Yeah, you, you said before how well we do against teams we should beat. I could do have a whole season of that. Yes, so could I. It'll be... I, I honestly believe that if we got in the Prem, I think we'd shock a few people. Um, I'd probably I'd all survive, but there'll be a few shocks in there. Yeah, no, I think it's um, I think it's thing. I think it'll be um, it'll be a surprise. So yeah, I think we're doing a lot better than what people would think we would. Let's put it that way. Right, let's bring this back to reality because um, we are living in a dreamland. Um, and most people on here would be going, you know, they've been drinking today, ain't they? Um, we right, Murray Wallace. How was Murray? How was Wallace yesterday? Oh, hey. Uh, Coventry, the last two games, I'm not going to lie, I come out and said, my fucking life, how the fuck has he not been stuffed? He's been awful. Yesterday, that's the Murray Wallace we know. That is the Murray Wallace that got player of the year. I thought he was fantastic yesterday. I don't know about anybody else. Luke? Yeah, so, um, yeah, 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 it was good. Really good yesterday. Um, on a quick note, I went to Coventry away. And uh, my dad actually took me. He's he's a Coventry fan. He sat at the home end, and he thought it was hilarious how our our fullbacks are polar opposites. Hey, you've got Danny Mack who's short, nippy, and runs up and down, and then you've got Murray Wallace who just slugs along. Yes, fair enough. So really. they are, they are. I mean, even Bradshaw. I mean, Bradshaw when Coops David McConnell yesterday and lifted him off the ground, he just looked tiny, and you think that's our main striker. Fucking, you know, he's about five foot five, and he, I think, what header, no, what header? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But he's, you know, same as old Timmy, though, wasn't it? Timmy was a short ass, but fuck me, that bloke could climb. The thing, the thing about Bradshaw is, it really knocked him, and I've heard it so many times, and it really pissed me off. Everybody knocking Bradshaw, fucking, he's not this, he's not that, blah, 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 blah. He's a long striker, mate. And the pumping ball was up to him, like, thinking he's Matt Smith. He ain't fucking Matt Smith. Punk walks up to him like that, and I'll tell you something, you feed the Bradshaw, and he will score. That is the difference. You feed him, and he will score. Absolutely agree. Stephen, you got a fault on this, haven't you? Uh, I've been banging on about this for the last couple of weeks. Fleming and Bradshaw have copped a lot of abuse, um, and in my opinion, unjust abuse. I get, I get that fans are passionate, and they want the best, and, and perhaps Fleming and Bradshaw could be better in, in, in more games rather than in, in flurries of games. But if if you spend 70 to 90 minutes watching the ball, as this is in regards to Fleming, watching the ball go over your head and feeding off of scraps and where Bradshaw's concerned, 
up against sometimes two, maybe three massive centre halves feeding off of scraps. Yes. You are going to, you, you're not going to, you, you can't do it. It's physically impossible to be able to, Bradshaw's expected on the halfway line to compete with two centre halves, three centre halves, bring the ball down, hold it up, bring others into play, and then get himself in the box. I don't care how good you are, people can't, you just can't do that consistently anyway. Yesterday, yesterday and in other games I thought there's other games that we've done it as soon as you get the ball into Fleming's feet and Fleming turns and he's running at defenders and he's looking for his options left and right because we know he can pass we know he's got the vision Bradshaw 18 yard box uh, he's he's a finisher he's a poacher but the frustrating thing is on Tuesday, we have to try, and I know it's Burnley, we have to try and play the same way, keep getting the ball into his feet. Because if you come away from that, he's going to look like a bang average player and he's just going to be feeding off of scraps. I think I think Rowett sometimes, you know, he is an out ball and it does get us up the pitch, etc. because he's willing to, to run. But just because a player is willing to run, I don't think you can just pin your hopes on that. And I think sometimes we do. Hoofball don't work, especially not when you've got the size of our players... You know, bringing it up and running it into them, it always works. We always seem to play better. Um, listen, if you want to get involved, we've got about 10, 15 minutes left. Um, just press your request to speak button and we will get you straight on like the chaps um, already have tonight if you want to get involved. Um, I'm interested one for you, boys. Is, um, <clears throat> obviously, the way we're playing now and we've... Um, with Honeymoon and, and Shaq and all that. These were players, what, probably two months ago, we were all questioning. All of a sudden now, they just, I don't know, they, they seem to have had something injected into them. Even Honeymoon now just seems to be an absolutely unstoppable force. He's everywhere. Confidence. I think confidence is a huge thing. I think the players are playing with... The player, they're, they're playing with belief. They're playing with um, a togetherness. They're playing with uh, an attitude. I think Bradshaw alluded to it. He said, oh, we're a tight-knit group. And I think the players are really starting to buy into how good each of them are at this level and how good we are as a team. And I think I think that really does count for a lot. Yes, you've got to have ability to back it up. But if you, be- if you believe in what you're doing and you believe you can achieve something... It is half of the battle. Yes, you've got to go out and do it. But if you go into it thinking, oh, it's a tough one today or I'm not really sure what, you know, this one's going to be a hard game. You, you're, you've already lost half of the battle. Also, can we talk about the uh, George Honeyman uh, complete wipeout of the Sheffield United player when they were breaking at the end of the game? That is the, that is the, that is, I don't know, there's probably a few listeners here, maybe some of them that remember a few years ago, Sean Williams did something very, uh, very similar against Wolves and took one of their players out. It was 3-3 at the den and he got a red card for it because they were breaking away and he just absolutely wiped them out. And I think, I think George Honeyman has, has, has understood his role, understood what he needs to do in a Mill shirt. And, and that, I think, just sums it up. Someone who's really willing to take one for the team. Like the player yesterday yeah. jumped on the back of fucking the other player. That was fucking funny. That was. That was funny. That was funny. But no, I agree with you. Honeyman knows his job. He knows, you know, if he needs to take one for the team, he does. I mean, Paul, you go home and away every game. I mean, have you seen that the players are a lot more tight now towards this part of the season? They seem a lot more together, don't they? 
they they do. They seem a lot more together. And I, 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 don't, I think it's because we normally get around the playoff area, don't we? Though, you know, that's what we do. But it's the consistency. And you know what? We, we normally sign players. We don't sign players everybody else wants. We sign players that are out of favour and they come to us. We turn them around. And, and I'm not being funny. This team can sniff we're in mirror chance now. If you look at it, their performances, you know, we haven't lost back to back. When we've gone in front, we've won 13 out of 14. We've drawn one or something like that. That That is the record. We've got the best home defence in the league. But that, what's the, you said that the home defence is, is one. I mean, a defensive record for the championship at home this season, we've conceded nine goals. We've kept seven. We're, we're the first out of all the championships to have to concede nine goals. We've kept seven clean sheets. We're third in the league. Shots faced 116 puts us second in the league. Shots on target faced 32 shots. That puts us first in the league. Expected goals against 11 that puts us second. Um, puts us second there. But I mean, you know, realistically, only conceding nine goals so far this season. You don't really. You don't really get that from the games we've watched and the way that. You know, if you listen back to the shows and listen to us all moaning and everything else, you don't really take that in. But, you know, to only concede nine goals at home is we've pretty much fortified this stadium again, haven't we? The Den's a fortress again, mate. You know, and that's what's happened. But I think the problem is uh, when we don't talk about it, it's because when we go away and watch the performances away, mm. we just wonder why they can't do the same they do at home. You know, and it deflects from how well we're doing at home, you know what I mean? You know, we're doing so... Uh, you know, nobody wants to come to us for a playoff at the den. There's no one. I don't care who it is. You know what I mean? And I'd rather Middlesbrough got a second spot and several United come down to third and we play them. I'd rather you know? get a second spot, mate. I'd rather get a first spot, mate. You know what I mean? But, you know, that's what I'm saying. I, I thought i see why we can't. We're the most consistent team in the league, mate. 25 years ago, was it 35 years ago, um, we uh, we done it thirty five years ago. Around yeah. we ended the promised land, mate. Um, or, or was the promised land before it was the promised land? Um, yeah. And you know, you you anything possible with this team at the moment? And you know, we're not drawing as many games as we were last season, which is a result. Um, and we seem to be you know grinding them out, especially at home, but. I don't know. We just need to keep on the second part of the season and kick on. And don't forget, we've got what, Leonard back and a couple of the others. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, you're looking at the team going, fucking hell, really, we can end up changing the midfield and the attack every fucking game for subs and be yeah. as strong as we were in the first half. It just makes you wonder, though, like, you know, the beginning of the season where we start with a fat uh, five at the back, blue yeah. in back, and we conceding two goals every game. But, and then the Richard came on and he decided to change. You know, you think, Jesus Christ, where would we be now? Well, we would wouldn't it? If it weren't for that injury and yeah. forcing, forcing Gary... But that was in last time. Where would we be? Yeah, yeah. When he had the big run in... Uh, oh, last season or season four, we had the 17 games unbeaten or whatever it was. Yeah. Or when, but, you know, that was because the team picked itself. The team yeah. picked itself at that stage because of the injuries. Yeah. You know, that, that's why we went on the run. Because all 11 knew that to fight for each other. That was, that was the way it was. You know, and they went a lot like, like, uh, like Gregor's, mate. Gregor's was going to get dropped, mate. You know what I mean? 
you know what I mean? Uh, not very well, whatever it was. Somebody was going to get dropped, and he scored two goals against Stoke. Yeah, and and then he because he had to bring him on as a false injury, you know. And uh, Stephen would tell us who that was in a minute. Yeah, sorry, mate. I don't know which one it was though. And he brought him on. That was against Stoke. We won two one. We won nil down. Brought him. I think it's Bradshaw. Bradshaw was out of favour. He came on, scored the two goals, and then he's back in the squad. But that weren't through choice. That was through an injury. But you know what I said? Like, like I said before, you got a manager for three, four years. Don't tell me anybody sat there and not slagged him off at some stage, because you're gonna, you're gonna slag him off. And but yeah, I think he's got something going on there. But it is probably against Coventry, mate. Because I, I do feel a manager. I do feel a manager should, no matter whether they win or lose, should come over and face their fans. And that's one thing Gary Rowe don't do. If he has a bad game on on an away game, he don't come over and but you know, you know, say like fair play to for travelling. He just goes in his dugout. So, I mean, that pisses me off. Yeah, no, I think it is. But then again, realistically, if you were a manager and you just lost away from home and you knew you were going to get dog shit abuse, would you come over to the away fans? Yeah, he should be, mate. He should be. That's what he's paid for. Yeah, um, yeah, but, you know... Not as funny. We struggled up then. those away fans. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, they should come up and play respect for us. I would respect him a lot more if he did. Because he should come out and say, I'll, I'll, I'll go fair play, mate. He's had a bad game, but he's come over. I said, Congrat, uh, well done for travelling like three, four hundred miles on a Tuesday night. Instead of disappearing down the top, that's me. Yeah, now look, you're, you're, you're welcome to your view. Look, we're coming up towards the close now, so we'll start, we'll start bringing it down a bit. And um, and we'll come to you first then, Paul. Um, obviously, give you some final thought. Well, you've got, you've got about 30 seconds or so to give us that. But also, what's your prediction for Burnley on Tuesday night? Uh, I've got to be honest, mate. If we're to come out of Sheffield United and Burnley, two points, I'll be over the moon. So, Burnley, I can't see. Look, they scraped against Luton, luckily, and then they they scraped against Watford. There's two teams we've beaten. So, I can't see any reason why we can't get results. I'll say uh, 1 0 to the last, mate. 1 0. Paul's going with 1 0. Um, the new Stephen, not not the Stephen who's hosting this with me, the new Stephen. Um, have you got anything you want to say? And also, what's your prediction for Burnley, fella? Burnley won't beat us. Wow. What do you think the score will be? Burnley won't beat us. I wouldn't be surprised if we win, but, but I don't think Burnley will beat us. Okay, you got you got a score idea, or you just think they won't beat us? I agree with the last co- the last speaker who just said they scraped against Luton one 0 They yeah. scraped against Watford one 0 I will, if we can if we're up for this like we were up for it on Saturday, I think Burnley are a better team than Sheffield United. But I see no reason why we don't beat them two 0 Wow. I, I, I Stephen, you've got to come on more shows, mate. Oh, I love <laughs> I love your positivity. I've been, I've been like you for over 50 years, mate. Yeah. And also, I'd like to know your black book as well with football agents, but that'll be another conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, well, look, thanks for getting involved tonight, Sats. Um, thanks for coming in early, Paul. And thanks for coming Stephen. Um, we will be back next week, so hopefully make sure both of you gents get involved there. Um, my Stephen, doubt my Stephen. Stephen from the pod, Stephen. Um <laughs> Monsieur Thanks, fella. Have you got anything you want to say? Um, as in, like, final thoughts before we end up closing. I know you want to say something at the end. I'll let you do that in a bit. But um, also, I want your thoughts for um, Burnley, mate. 
yeah, I think I've said it the last couple of games. Even after Coventry, it was possibly more after the the set the, the full fixtures had been completed in the division. It's a good time to be a Millwall fan. It's a good time to be associated with Millwall Football Club. The, everything seems to be going in the right direction. I think it's it's great that if you look at some of the clubs that are struggling at the bottom of the league, we, we're a million miles from that. We're, we're a million miles from from that and where we were perhaps the second season under Harris. So I don't think uh, it's hard to not get carried away when you have a good result and then you obviously might get dragged back down with a bad result. But it, the, the fans and everybody out there and everybody associated with the club, we have to stick with them now. The next, what have we got? Uh, 15 games I think we've got left are a huge every single one of them are huge whether it's at home whether it's away we, we we've got to stick with them because um because this this ride isn't anywhere near over and i think we're going to be pushing it right to the end and look who knows what's going to happen nobody knows what team's going to get into the playoffs at the moment as you guys were saying nobody knows even now who's going to finish second first might be a little bit different with with burnley being so far ahead but i think i think stick with them and and i think we're in for a real real good ride on burnley uh, i love the optimism of of everybody in the group <laughs> um i'm i'm not i'm not sure i I don't want to. I'd, I'd never. I would never, ever, ever back anyone to come to the den and beat us. So I, I don't think. I, I don't. I would never. Would never bet against us to get at least a point. If you offered me one-one now, I'd snap your hand off and take it and move on to Stoke. But in keeping with the show and the result, I always tend to predict we'll go two-one to the Lions. Well, boys, this is what I go. We do need to get our last away games. Get Steve White then. Get the sport going. Get really travelling, mate, because I'll tell you, it'll make such a difference. Absolutely. The, the, as I say, these next 15 games, whether it's home, away, Tuesday night, Saturday, whatever, we're, we're going to be moved on Sky. We're yeah. going to have fixtures on Sky. We know that it's it's going to it's obvious that's going to happen. So we might get early kickoffs. We might get moved to a Sunday. We might get moved to a Friday night or whatever. But it, it's going to be one hell of a ride, and and I think the players are ready for it. And the yeah. room staff and Rowett. The atmosphere against uh, Sheffield United, mate, was banging, mate. Although we sounded like from where you was, I was in Block Nineteen. We're going out all game. The atmosphere against Sheffield Sunderland was like, pretty low key. So and then. When we're in with QPR, it's banging, mate. We just yeah. got to recreate. For, we are the 12th man. I don't care what anybody says. I know it's uh, it's, it's some big, you know, fantasy thing, but we are the 12th man. They feed off us. But also, at Coventry, we took a good following, 700. They need to give us something as well to feed off. And that's the trouble. That day, they gave us something to feed off. They brought the crowd into play. Coventry, they didn't. You know, and the players need to realise that as well. But if we all get behind them for the next few games, mate, wherever we end up, mate, it's been a fucking banging season. Kenny Jacket used to say a few years ago that the players have to give the fans a reason to get behind them. That's not the other way round. It's not the play. It's not um, the fans shouldn't be getting the players going. The players should be getting the fans going. No, they need to create a spark. When they bring a spark. Yeah, once they create that spark, whether that means that's Huntingman going through their centre forward, uh, fucking two minutes in. We need to create that spark, mm. and then all of a sudden the fans be on board, and and everything lights up. So yeah, it's it's all good. Tomo, do you want to say anything before we go? 
you want to give us your prediction for Burnley? Uh, well, I'm hoping uh, 2-0. Words. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but the one thing, i tell you what, I noticed yesterday was the boys played for the shirt. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I've they absolutely played for that shirt yesterday. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you there, mate. I don't disagree with you. So, yeah, I mean, this so I'm coming a bit earlier. I think I don't know if it's because I didn't know it's you or, or no, I'm coming late, but yeah, but, yeah, I came in late, mate. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, Stephen is, is doing a um, my Stephen from the pod, not the other Stephen. We're doing um, a new show or what we've done before, but it's uh, um, it's a new show, and I think he's going to give it a bit of a plug. We've got some shows in the in the bank already. What will be coming out over the next couple of weeks? But he's looking for, I think, some some potential guests, aren't you, Stephen? So off you go. Yeah. So for obviously the guys that join us, Paul, Stephen, Tomo, if you obviously if you you regulars that, that come on, on and speak or whatnot, but we're doing a, a show called Who Are You? Where basically I'll be um, sort of conducting a little bit of an interview on a podcast just about your life as a Millwall supporter. Um, who are you? <laughs> yeah, so uh, essentially, we're just looking for we're just looking for players uh, players looking for for people to, to come on the show, talk about their life as a Millwall fan. It's sort of around a forty minute interview, um, just basically telling us your memories. There's set questions, certain obviously they will lead on to other things. But if you're interested in in coming on on the podcast, it'll be me that's that's doing the interview. So um, we'll just have a chat about Millwall, sort of forty forty five minutes. Drop me a message personally if you want to, or drop uh, at uh, that Millwall podcast account a message and, and we'll get you on and we'll we'll organize a recording but um we've got a few in the bank we've got a couple more that i'm doing um over the next couple of weeks but it'd be great to to get as many as we can and and um and meet and talk to some of the faces behind some of our listeners it'd be great to, to get you guys on absolutely well that's it from us um it's another Millwall calling done and dusting for this week uh we've got a couple of shows coming out this week we've got a burning show coming out tomorrow do apologize for the pod from last week not getting put on YouTube uh, till today. That was down to my computer just wouldn't let me upload it, but it is all uploaded now. Uh, we've got some more clips going up on um, on YouTube as well. So remember, make sure you subscribe to YouTube. Make sure you tick the bell because we will be putting some shows straight on there, and then obviously you'll get highlighted. But all the podcasts are coming out at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, this one will be out tomorrow morning. And uh, and yeah, and also you got I think you got two tomorrow. You got this, and you got tra- uh, chat from chat chat with chaps, which has gone up on YouTube. That's now going up on YouTube every Sunday night at six o'clock. Because um, I think it just gets a bit it gets a a bit hidden in all the traffic on a on a Saturday, and also it gives a bit more detailed um, analysis as such. So you get about twenty minutes or so. Um, with a, an overview of the game from him, which is on YouTube now if you want to watch it, uh, or it will be out as a pod tomorrow morning. Um, that's it from us. Make sure you follow us across socials, and we'll see you again next week on the Millwall Calling. Thanks very much for joining. Speak to you all soon. Bye-bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.